0: I uh, want to share with you something that's that's from my heart, uh, something that has uh, means something to me, and so I want to try to give that to you and try to be a blessing to you. Um, the title of my message tonight is this: "Enemies of the Heart." Enemies of the heart, and uh, the defi- definition of an enemy is one seeking to injure, overthrow, or confound an opponent. So, an enemy. Is against you. Okay? It's against you. It's not for you. We understand that. Enemies come when we're unaware and unprepared. That's when they want to come because they want to catch you not prepared. Why? Because they have an agenda, they have a purpose. And if we're not careful as believers, as people of God, we can allow things to get into our hearts. And we have enemies in our hearts, and we don't even realize it. Let me, let me give you this, give you some scripture here. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Which means this, guard my heart. Be careful what, by the way, the world wants your heart. The world's striving for your heart. They want a little inlet. They want in there. And we got to be careful with that. So God's telling us to guard our heart. But here's why I want you to see, and this is why it's so important, enemies of the heart. This is what God says in his word in Matthew, and I'm not going to read Mark and Luke, but it goes together with the same principle, the same thought. Jesus saith unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. See, if there's something in there, taking up that space, that space that God has created for himself, then guess what? It shouldn't be there. Because that's something that's going against what God wants in your life and in my life. It goes against it. It's a battle. And a lot of times, I'll say this, there's enemies that can get into our heart. I know we just did. Uh, I'm aware that we just had the Lord's table, and I, I, I'm aware of that. But the, I'm telling you, as just speaking from my heart, there's sometimes there's things in our lives that we're not even aware of that they're in our lives. That's why the Lord tells us, Lord, show me my secret faults. Those are the things that we chose to shove in the corner and forget about. Why? Because we don't want to deal with them. Why do we not want to deal with them? Because it brings up pain. And it's normally emotional pain that it brings up. And so God is is very serious about the heart. He wants preeminence. He wants number one. He wants us to love him with all of our heart. But how can we love him? How can I love him if I've got something else in there? I can't. Love him to the potential that he wants. And so want to read this scripture to you and try to be a help to you and give you some things that will be a blessing. First of all, in verse number 5 of chapter number 1 of 1 John, it says this. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. Okay? That God is light. And it goes on here and says in verse number 6. And His Word is not in us. Let's pray. Father, as I bow my head and my heart to You, Lord, You know who I really am. You know my heart just like You know everyone's heart that is in this room. Holy Spirit, I just pray and I invite You. Lord, we need You, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that You would just come and just hover over this place like a mother hen would cover over her chicks. And Holy Spirit, would you speak to our, our hearts? Would you speak through me? Would you give me the thoughts and the words that you want to be echoed, that you want to be said? And Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord, not to allow enemies into our heart. God, may we give you the preeminence. And God, I thank you for what you will do and accomplish in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at this thought of enemies of the heart, and um, I'm just going to kind of skip through some of the other things because I don't want to keep you here for two hours, um, but one of the things that I want us to see is this. Is this thing about guilt. Okay, there's, there's a lot of different enemies. Uh, we could use guilt. Uh, and by the way, I'll get to this in just a moment, but guilt is this, and I want you to get this thought. Guilt is I-O-U. Guilt is I owe you. Guilt is a feeling having done wrong or failed in obligation. So this can be an enemy of the heart, guilt. I'm going to give you three others, but I'm not even going to touch them, so don't worry, all right? But the three other ones that I, and you could add many more, uh, another one is greed. And this is where it says, I owe me. I owe me. Hey, man, I deserve this. Um. And so we got to be careful of greed. Another one is this, anger. And anger says this, somebody owes them something. And then jealousy, or goes in with it, envy or covetousness, all those go hand in hand. God owes me. You say, why are you saying all this? Why are you bringing all this together? Everything that I gave you is a debt. It's a debt. And what I want you to see is this. Debt is somewhere we never want to be. We do not need to be in, you ready, sin debt. God doesn't want us to be in sin debt. And he wants us to deal with this. And I want you to see this. Sin, look with me in verse number five. Sin is a door for the enemy. Look with me in verse number five. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declared you that God is light. Now, I have a flashlight. It's pretty bright. I'm not going to shine it in anybody's eyes. All right? But it's pretty bright. This is what God's saying. God's saying, I'm light. And when he, here's what he does. He shines his light, and I'll just do this, on me. And when he shines his light on me, what is he doing? He's showing some things. He's showing he's shown me my faults. He's showing me my sins. That's what he's doing. He's showing me these things. And by the way, sin, when it gets in there, I can shut it off at the door. Are you hearing me? I can shut it off the door. It's just what we did here tonight. See, that's why it's so important. I can shut it out. And I don't allow, if I don't allow sin to get in there then guess what? I don't have to deal with it. I'm meeting sin at the door. And guilt is something that can get into our hearts, and we feel, like, we feel like, hey, we failed. We failed. Guilt is the entrance for the enemy. The enemy is Satan, who wants to destroy our lives. Sin, look at this, sin is always darkness. There's no light. Sin is always darkness. We don't need that in our lives. Listen to this. I'm gonna move on here. So we see guilt or sin is is an enemy that the door uh, the enemy comes in this door and we got to shut that out is immediately. Guilt grows with cultivation and nurture. And here's where it goes. Satan wants us to dwell and think about how badly we've messed up the past sins you've committed or I've committed. And here's what the enemy does. He wants you to keep thinking about your past, your failures, the way you failed in obligation, the way you failed in maybe your task. He wants us, and here he wants us to forget that we've been forgiven. He doesn't want us to think about we've been forgiven. He wants us to think about our failures. He wants us to think about that guilt. And that's right there in verse number eight. Verse 8, it says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. When God shines his light on that sin and we say it's not there, we're deceiving ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. And so the enemy loves to do this. And then number uh, the next thing here, this guilt, the guilt of sin hinders our fellowship. Look with me verses 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7 say this, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, it says we do not the truth. Wow. How many times, how many times do we say we're okay, we act like we're okay, but we're not okay with God? If I can say it this way, we're playing games with God. it's a game that we're going to lose. Because he's shining his light on it. He's showing us where it is. So guilt or sin, and this is where I, I got this, excuse me, I got this flashlight. See, when God shines his light, it's pretty bright. But here's what takes place. When sin covers gets in our lives, it covers our light. It covers our light. See, we are to be light to the world. And see, when sin gets into our lives and it gets into our hearts, it's an enemy. Why is it on? See, it's such a subtle enemy. It's, it, it's not drugs. It's not alcohol. It's not fornication. It's not adultery. It's just maybe guilt or maybe something else. And so this sin gets into our lives. And it devastates us. Each of these enemies of the heart is energized by the idea is that somebody owes something. Debt is to owe. Sin always cost. Now, I'm going to get to this. I'm moving quickly here. What does the unsaved feel like they owe? You know what? I, I, I need to straighten up. need to stop cussing or hey if I go to church but the Bible says in in Ephesians 2 8 and 9 for by grace are you saved through faith and talks about it's not a works it's the gift of God lest any man should boast so we know that shoots that right down but what about us as believers what about us who have trusted Christ as our Savior where does that come in what's what do we feel like listen that we have failed in our obligation. You ever felt like you failed your kids? You you ever felt like, man, I could have did more for them? I could have taught them better? I could have served Jesus better to show them better? Maybe I'm the only one that ever felt like that. I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm telling you, there's, there's been times that I felt like, man, I blew it. You ever felt this way? You feel like you owe your spouse. Now, I'm just going to confess my sin right here. Sometimes, don't look at me like this, all right? Sometimes I'm not nice to my wife. Now, I don't beat her. She beats me. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But you know what? Sometimes I feel like, man, I messed up. You see where that guilt begins to kick in there, and I feel like I've got to do something to fix it. I got to. I, I need to resolve that. And we, as Christians, we can do this. We can get into place of this duty. We feel like we have to do it because we're expected to do it. Listen, I've been in ministry for a, a lot of years. Matter of fact, it's hard to believe, and I know, but I've been in ministry for like twenty-six years. It's easy. To fall into duty, everybody expects me to do this. You know what? That's not loving the Lord. God with all my heart. You see how that can be an enemy that gets in and it divides me. It separates me. So we as Christians, we can feel like we can feel like we owe too. We can get in there. We can feel like we owe the pastor. We can feel like we owe the church or the school or and you can go on with that. But here's where I want to get. There are two types of guilt. And this 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 helped me. Now I know this is simple and you forgive me for being simple, but I, I don't I believe sometimes pastors or preachers or or people who preach the word of God, they come up and they make things so complex, but God's word is complex, but it's also simple. And I'm just a, you know, I just like things to bring it down to my level. I heard preacher say that he said put all the cookies on the bottom shelf. He said, if you put all the cookies on the bottom shelf, he said, everybody can get them. And then, you know what? All of us need them. We need those cookies. So I'm going to put it on the bottom shelf. There's two types of guilt. First of all, there's conviction. There's conviction. That conviction is done by the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God comes, and he brings his light, and he shines his light, and he says, there it is, big boy. There it is. Deal with it. He shines his light on it. But here I want you to see this. When the Holy Spirit of God convicts us, here's what also the Holy Spirit of God. He convicts, he says, you're guilty. You're doing this. But here's what also the Holy Spirit, and many times we forget this, the Holy Spirit says, you've done wrong, now here's how to do it right. Are you hearing me, church? Because so many times that I know I have, the Holy Spirit's convicted me, has showed me that, and I took it and took it the wrong way. And I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit said just a little bit more in that same phrase. He didn't say, you're just you're guilty. He said, here's how to make it right. Here's what you need to do. And that's our choice. So the Holy Spirit brings conviction. He brings that conviction. It says this, conviction is this, to find or prove to be guilty. That's what it simply is. The Bible says this in John 16, 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And then also in, in 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine. That's what we believe. But here it is for reproof. How many times we are. Look right over reproof. Reproof is showing you, showing me where I'm wrong. And that's what the Holy Spirit of God does. And the Holy Spirit of God brings conviction. But then there's the other part of it. Here's the other part of guilt. It's condemnation. It's condemnation. And this condemnation, what takes place with this condemnation is this. The devil brings that. The devil brings condemnation. Listen to this. He reminds us of our past and keeps revealing our past sins, listen, even when we are forgiven. He just keeps reminding us. If if the devil comes, and he he will, and he starts reminding you of past sins, right there, ding, 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 ding that's not the Holy Spirit of God. Ding, 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 I don't need to be listening to that. And so many times we as believers listen to the devil and we do not listen to the Holy Spirit of God. We need to be careful. We need to realize that this devil, he wants us to live in regret. He wants us to live in shame. He wants us to live in failure. Why? So our light doesn't shine. That's what he wants. He wants us to cover over that light. God said, you're the light of the world. We need to be shining more now than ever before because we're living in darkness, church. We're living in it. We are the light. How bright is yours? It says this in Romans 8, 1. There is therefore no condemnation to them. Listen, there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You know what? We've been given victory right here. God's saying there's no more judgment. There's no more condemnation. Why? Because you're washed in the blood. You're saved by the Lamb. Come on, we need to get excited and understand where we are in Christ. So we see this condemnation. We see also this conviction. Now here's my three points and I'm done didn't do too bad yeah I've got out yet um let me take you to first John verse number nine all the answers to what I just shared with you about guilt and by the way it might not be guilt God God the holy you know what amazes me God the Holy Spirit when he comes with us <laughs> he can deal with you and I about a subject totally different what the preacher even talks about. That's how powerful he is. He's not limited to just us as the the one proclaiming the truth. And I'm so thankful for that. But here's the first part of this. What do we need to do to have this victory? What do we need to do not allow these enemies? Very simple. Here it is. Verse number 9, the first part of it, says this. If we confess if we confess. That word confess means to admit. You know the hardest thing? Well, I'll just use me. Is to admit that I'm wrong. Now we all know that we're wrong. Every one of us in this room, we know. But you know what the hardest thing is? To admit it. You know why? The truth hurts. Are you hearing me? The truth hurts. Let me give you an illustration. I'm I'll give my youngest son a little hard time here. We're in the car. We're in Gulf Coast. I'm driving. Well, I went a direction that I should not have went. I know you can't. I know you won't believe this, but I got frustrated. And this is what Bryson says to me, Dad. Don't get mad because you made the wrong choice. Now listen, he didn't do it disrespectful. Now at first, I wanted to re- reach back and touch him. See, there's the flesh coming out. That's, I wanted to reach back and touch him and say, well, who do you think you are, big boy? You know? But you know what? As I started thinking about it, he's right. See, the truth hurt. And I Needed to admit it and if I didn't admit it you know what it did allowed sin the enemy of sin to get into my heart and it's that easy it's that easy is that a big sin is that a gross sin no but it's sin it's sin and sin cost sin is a debt it goes on and I'll continue on here and move the Bible also says, still in this word confess, and by the way, this word confess is not only to admit, but it's to agree with God. To agree with God. You know what? we I'll just, again, use me. I know I'm dirty bum, but, you know, it, it's, we get to a place where we don't want to agree with God what we're doing wrong. I mean, we're, what we need to say is, God, you're right. We need to agree with him. Look at this. Um, In James 5, 16, you don't have to look at it, but just listen. It says, confess your faults one to another. This is what I just recently realized about the opportunity, what I have to do as I go into the jails and the prisons. And the Lord just showed me this. Um, Many times, do you know what I do? I'm constantly, now I don't tell them everything in my life. I don't tell them all these details. But you know what I do a lot, and I didn't even realize it? I confess to them a lot. You know what I want them to see? This is what I want them to see that I'm a person just like them, that I struggle. And some of the things that I've been in ministry for a little bit, but sometimes people who have a position of leadership, I'll just use it like that, they don't want the people to know that they have any struggles. I appreciate Pastor Lattell. He's transparent, he's real. I like that. I like that. Hey, I struggle, I have battles. How can I reach a people? that I can't relate to or they can't relate to me. By the way, do you realize we are no different than them? Because you know, they have their issues, but so do so do we. <laughs> so do we. You know, the difference of a lot of us is this. We they have been convicted. Literally convicted. <laughs> okay? And we have been con- but just haven't dealt with it. And now they're being forced to deal with it, but some of us, we haven't dealt with it. And we need to deal with that. I I say this all the time, either deal with your sin or your sin will deal with you. Let me move on. It goes on, it says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And these men, as I tell them the things that I've struggled with, my thing, you know what? They, they can pray for me. They know specifically how to pray for me. That's why we share our hurts and our hearts with one another here as believers, so we can pray for one another, so we can help one another. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. Number two. Verse there's, that confess, we see that in verse number nine. If we confess, it says our sins, and here it is. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. When we come to Jesus Christ, here's what he wants. He wants con- contrition. He wants us to have a heart that is ground to powder. He wants us to be humble and repentant. Here it is. Let me give you it. First of all, I've got to confess. I've got to admit. The second thing is this. Lord, I oh man, I messed up. I failed. You know how many times i failed my family? You know how many times i failed my wife? You know how many times I've failed my sons? You know how many times i failed God? It's innumerable. It's innumerable. God says, I want you to be broken. I want you to say, listen, not just that you're sorry, but God, I'm willing to do it your way. I'm willing to repent and say, I'm guilty. Now, God, I'm going to do this your way. I'm going to do it the right way. See, that's what repentance, true repentance is. And you know that. This is simple. But it's something that we need to do because here's what. Many of us have had our eternal debt paid, but here's my question. Have we been, what about your daily debt? Your daily life? Praise God that we do this once a month, but let me tell you something. How many sins can you and I accumulate in one month? See, that's why we need to take daily, daily, or can I say it this way, momently. <laughs> when that moment comes, bam, deal with it. Bam, deal with it. Keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. The Bible says, the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save as such of a contrite spirit. Psalms 34, 18, and Psalms 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. God wants us to have that heart of repentance. But here's what takes place. If we allow guilt, if we allow sin into our lives, we don't allow forgiveness because our focus is still on the guilt or the sin. Let me move on. I'm on the last thing here, Lord willing. So we go. There's confession. Okay. There's contrition. That's repentant. He says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And here's what I want you to get. This is so important. And cleanse us from a little bit of our unrighteousness. Clean. I hope he cleanses us from some of our unrighteousness. No, he says cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. See, we get messed up because we still focus on what we've done wrong. If we Confessed. If we repent, it is under the blood and we are cleansed. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Hey, we don't have to live in failure. We can live in victory. Why? Because my sins are forgiven. And so many times we as Christians, we're living like losers because we're dwelling on the things that are not true. The devil's putting in our minds. We need to live in victory. He says, I've cleaned you up. I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 6, 11. It says, and such were some of you. Talking about the sins, the things that the people there at Corinth was committing. Horrible sins. He says, such were some of you. But ye are washed. You're washed. You're sanctified. Listen to this. You're justified. Just as if you never sinned. You see where guilt can hold us in bondage? Because we don't let it go. And when Jesus has already said, you're free, <laughs> you're free. I've given you victory, victory in Jesus. He's saying you're free, but we're still living in bondage. Why? Because we are allowing these enemies in our hearts. Church, I know this is very simple, but sometimes we forget. We forget about the things that come in to invade our minds, and invade our hearts. And God's saying this. Lord willing, I pray this is everybody in here. Your eternal debt has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray that's you tonight. I pray it's every one of us. But let me ask you this question. Your daily debts. Your daily debts. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. That's what we need to do. And by the way, When we begin to do that, here's the significance. When we begin to do this, you want to see a revival at Gospel Baptist Church? You want to see a revival in you and I? Because you know why? We're getting clean. Because sometimes there's things in our lives we don't even realize. I live with anger. I live with anger. For most of my life, and I didn't even realize, Brother Nick, I didn't realize I even had anger until somebody taught about it and God shined his light on it. I was almost 40 years old and God showed me that light. I was like, wow, how could I not have seen this? Well, you know what? It, it changed my life. It changed my fellowship with God. It changed my fellowship with believers. I encourage you. Make sure. Make sure that you deal with sin the way this is, we sometimes we forget the simple things of life. Let's have your heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe the Holy Spirit of God has shined his light on something in your heart. Listen, this is not about me because there's nothing about me that's any good. It's only Jesus' righteousness. But if the Holy Spirit has spoke to you and shed His light upon something, you say, "Boy, this is really insignificant." Let me tell you something. The Bible says, "Little foxes spoil the vines." What it's saying is, little sins can destroy lives. Deal with it before it gets big. Let's keep a short account of our sins. Let's keep our fellowship with God right and with one another right. Let's be the light of the world. Father, I thank you for the folks here. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. May you do what you want in our hearts and our lives. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: If you would like to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, why don't you do it right now? It's simple, really. Here's a couple of Bible verses that'll help you to understand. Probably the most well-known verse in all of Scripture is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That verse says, Whosoever believeth. The whosoever is you, but the whosoever believes what? Number one, you need to understand that you are a sinner. God says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Number two, you need to understand that nothing that you can do, getting baptized, belonging to a church, going to a church, donating money, while all good things they will not satisfy a just God. God says in Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to God's mercy, he saved us. And number three, you need to understand that Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and resurrected the third day. And if you believe that, God promised in Romans ten nine that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Your prayer of confession could go like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner unworthy of your mercy, but ask for your mercy and your forgiveness. I know I can't get to heaven on my own, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He was buried and resurrected the third day that I might be saved and have a new life. Save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you ask Jesus to save you, would you do me a favor? Let us know so that we can pray for you and rejoice with you. Our church phone is 239-947-1285. The website is www.gospelbaptistchurch.com or go to iTunes podcast at gospelbaptistchurch.com.